Welcome back, humor consumers, to the Life Happens Laugh Anyway podcast. I'm comedian Tracy DeGraff. And I'm Catherine, co-host and bestie. Hi, Catherine. Hi, Tracy. How are you today? Good. Good. It's cold out, but we're in here. We're cozy. Been on a a, a trip recently. Yeah, we went to uh, South Dakota, and we also went to Iowa, Mm -hmm. and that was fun. Both trips were fun. Yeah, they were. This is October, and it's... um, 2022 so finally we're past the covid stuff i don't know if it's Mm. coming back but at least we're past 2020 and 2021 yeah we got through that halfway through 2022 right so hopefully but what i mean is we're back to work you know back to the road back to doing events breast cancer events and such Mm -hmm. so i had a blast in south dakota really good it was successful if anybody's listening from south dakota please give us a shout because we we've left there feeling like we had 200 new friends we did maybe more yeah Yeah. seriously yeah 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 well uh speaking of traveling Mm -hmm. we have we have a going west topic for you (laughs) holy moly the donners the Donner Party. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Friends, if you have not studied this in history, buckle in and prepare yourself because this story has it all. It it does. It has it Un- all. Unfortunately for them. Well, yeah, because yeah. when you say it has it all, it has all of the dreams and possibilities and the hopes and then it's all dashed. It is. Yeah, yeah. crushed. It, right. To the point of murder and cannibalism. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. It's bad. I can't believe we're laughing I know. about it, but okay, what it's are we going to do? Only because there's been so much time between then and now. Well, yes. I mean, if this happened Almost yesterday. Almost 200 years ago. Yeah. Actually. So, th- so we're going to get into it. And here's how we kind of got started with this. Catherine studied the Donner situation uh, oh, how how long ago? Just real late in life. Um, when I was an adult, I went and took a class that I didn't feel so good about when I was younger. When I took it, a history class. Oh, okay. And for some reason, uh, the focus was on like early American suffering and things like that. So okay. So she took a class, mm-hmm. and and part of the class was to study this pioneer journey of the Donner Party mm-hmm. from the Midwest to the far west to California and what happened to them. Yeah. So and so she knew about it. And while we were driving from Illinois to South Dakota, we listened to a couple of different podcasts yeah. about it. And then we were hooked. That oh, least, I was hooked already. Well, I would yeah. say, okay, then I was hooked. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, that sounds terrible. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we have some takeaways. The three takeaways that we believe that you're going to come out of this listening to us, this podcast, you're going to get what the Donner story is. So you're going to get the facts about the story. You're going to know why we are so fascinated with it. Mm-hmm. Or at least we're going to talk about why we think. People are so fascinated with it still 200 years later. And then also, what can we learn from it today? What can we take away from the horrible mistakes well, and that's that what were we, made? Yeah. I mean, that's what history is kind of about. It happened. Uh, much of American history is tragic. And there was a lot of, 
you know, suffering and all kinds of things. And we hopefully learn from those things. Hopefully is the big word. Yeah. Let's do it. And then, of course, at the end, we are going to look to the Lord because he is our only hope, our only true hope. So we have a little scripture to share with you at the end. So stay tuned, friends. Don't tune out. Tune in. And a call to action. Yes. That you're going to love. It's actually a quote from one of the survivors <laughs> of the Donner Party. Yeah. And this podcast has sponsors. Who are they, Catherine? Kenny and Ron. Who's that? They are our husbands, and their nicknames are Pooh and Muffin. We put it together. It's Puffin. Yep. There so we go. This p- podcast is brought to you by Puffin. Puffin. Thank you, Puffin. Appreciate mm-hmm. it. Appreciate the roof over our heads right now and all that fun stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, let's well, dive in. Let's dive in. I ha- I do have to add this to when you said that I took this class and that mm-hmm. sparked like this long time mm-hmm. ago interest. But also I, there was a long time ago, a movie, I think it was called Patch Adams and it was a true story that, and Robin Williams played this doctor and yeah. he makes, there's this one line <laughs> and he says in it, like he's trying to make the patients laugh make or jokes, something. Yeah. And he says, Donner, Donner party of four. And I can remember thinking, what's, what is it What about? is it? Yeah. Yeah. He was and making then, like a reservation for yes, dinner. Yes. <laughs> yeah. In the old folks home. Right. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's a sick joke, but yeah. anyway, that's what it was. All right. Well, let's dive in. What, what happened to the Donner party? Okay. Give it in a nutshell. In a nutshell, there was a group of, um, in this particular group, there were 87 of them that belonged to the Donner party. It was actually nine families and some single men that were hired to pull them along to make new lives in the West. They had heard about this shortcut and it was from, so this is just a short, short version. Right, right. We'll get into the details. Yeah. They had been um, informed of this shortcut that was highly promoted by a man named Lansford uh, Hastings, Mm -hmm. who never actually took that route, but they decided they, you know, lots of people believed in it. Okay, a shortcut from a man named Hastings. Mm -hmm. I think they were being too hasty. Hasty. Let's not do it. (laughs) That should have been a clue. Yeah. And uh, this, these families were from Illinois. Okay. Most of them. And the or year was, what year was 1846. it? 1846. Oh, that's a long time ago. You think about what's going on in this country mm-hmm. in 1846. Yeah. It's yeah. a while back. Right. All right. So this whole group mm-hmm. of multiple families, multiple wagons, they got to get their stuff together mm-hmm. and assemble. And then they're going to make the trek. Yeah. And they're going to go west. Wagons ho to the west, uh, set up new lives and prosper. Yeah. You know, and I saw in some of the research that I did that there was some weird stuff happening in the East at that time. Mm -hmm. There was some economic... um, Panic. Yeah, the panic, as well as the physical panic of like diseases and such. Yeah, there was cholera and malaria. And so that was also pushing people more West to get away from that. They probably were like, there's too many people here. Like when we were in South Dakota, when we went out there, mm-hmm. when we drove, oh, yeah. okay, we drove all the way across the whole state of Illinois, which we saw people here because obviously we're in the Chicago area, mm-hmm. right? But then we drove across the state of Iowa. Not too many people. Mm-hmm. A lot of pig trucks. Less and less and less <laughs> as we go west. Right? A lot of pig trucks and the piggies yes. were on their last little ride. <laughs> <laughs> we saw their little noses hanging out. And then when we got to South Dakota, it just seemed like the landscape was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. 
but there was just all farmland. It made you want to just shout out the window, like, where is everybody, everybody, everybody? Yeah. <laughs> right. And then when we came upon Watertown, South Dakota, which was our final destination, mm-hmm. when we drove, you know, it was, it was at night, because we drove straight through, so it took us 12 hours to get there. should have been 10, but with us, 12. <laughs> In a car. When yeah. you hear this Donner story. I know. Like, this is nothing. I know. <laughs> I know, because the GPS told us where to go. The roads were great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the the heat worked. We didn't even balk about the construction. No, we, we had plenty of food. <laughs> plenty of food. <laughs> Controlled temperature in the vehicle. <laughs> I mean, when we, get, when we would get hungry, we'd be like, oh, where's the snacks? <laughs> and then we would just reach for the bag. Where and then the when snacks? we were bored with that, oh, there's a food place to oh yeah. Stop at. yeah yeah anyway when we when we came upon watertown it was almost like a city that had risen out of a hill yeah and it was all lit up and it was beautiful and we're like it does exist Hallelujah. yeah <laughs> yeah also even when we put the wrong gas in the car oh yeah i did that thing that was fine too <laughs> we were gonna be stuck like the donners <laughs> That's so true. I did that in Iowa. They had a pump that really confused me. <laughs> it did. It doesn't take much. How do you fuel this oxen? <laughs> well, Catherine was safely inside the vehicle because it was very windy. Yeah. And she's inside the car and I'm knocking on yeah, the window. Yeah, rapping on the window. I'm like, oh, help. What's the E85 again? <laughs> And I accidentally put it in my car. My car's not supposed to take that. Yeah. But then I called Muffin to the rescue. And yeah. he said, get this gum out stuff. And I guess it's fine now. Mm. Anyway, okay. So these Donners, mm-hmm. along with these other families, mm-hmm. they make this decision. They're going to get away from the East. They're going to go West where they're going to make money and have opportunity. And it's going to be great weather. And that little brochure that was put out by Lansford Hastings, it it made it made the West seem like the promised land. It did, like they he made it out to be like a paradise. Yeah, and but that's because he had alternative motives. He wanted to be like the head of this new state. Well, it wasn't a state yet. In fact, they were trying to win it over from the Mexicans mm-hmm. who claimed it, and so he wanted to be the head of this new land. And not just California, but also, I think, Oregon area, too. So he had political hopes and dreams. He did. He was just a 27-year-old man. And he was a lawyer by trade. He was. You know, one of the documentaries that I watched called him a mountain man. But we know that he was a lawyer. I mean, yeah, he he did go on these treks. Mm -hmm. But he had never traversed that territory with at all. And then he had never done it with a wagon. Exactly right. In fact, when these folks uh, were leaving Illinois, or it might have been by the time they were leaving Missouri, either one, he was leaving from the west to head back east to try right. that, that route that he wrote about. Hmm, I wrote a book about it. Let's see if it's Maybe I true. Maybe try that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll get into that, too. Okay, so they, they leave Springfield, Illinois, and they're going to Independence, Missouri. Right. Okay, and, fun fact. Mm-hmm. Abraham Lincoln yes. was a friend of Reed. Reed. What was his first name? James? James Reed. Okay. There's a lot of James, a lot of Johns. Well, you know, they're 
whatever Bible names, easy names. Uh, Well, Abraham Lincoln and James Reed were buddies and they fought together in some Black Hawk like conflict. And and he was invited to go on the Donner Party. Mm -hmm. But Mrs. Lincoln was with child. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Hard to believe. But she was with child. Yeah. Why was that so funny to both of us? Well, you I know, don't know why. Oh, yeah, well, whatever. Talking oldie worldy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she said, Make no. Haste. She said, no, Abe, you're not going. I'm not going to have this kid with you out there wandering around. Good thing. Yeah. Because, and plus he was, you know, kind of on the beginnings of his uh, law career. Well, God had other plans for a good old Abe. He sure did. Yeah. So he thank God him. he didn't go. That's right. Mm-hmm. All right, so now they're in Independence, Missouri, and what's happening? Well, now they have joined others that are also on this quest who also had initially planned on taking the Hastings route as well. Mm-hmm. But um, soon, and also they started late. So we're going to talk about all the things that went wrong. Why did they start and, late? I know they were supposed to be shoved off by a certain date, but what what was their problem getting going? Well, the main reason was that they believed the shortcut would save them time. So they were just like, we don't have to go. So, exactly. I think part of it, too, was a little bit of arrogance. Well, in fact, it does go hand in hand because why not get a leg up on it just in case? Right. You know, but that was the main reason. They believed, they believed fully that this Hastings who put out this brochure, that this was all true. They did. And they believed fully that it was like, they they called it actually like that whole movement, the manifest destiny. Mm -hmm. You know, like people really did sort of believe like this is our destiny. This is our God-given right to go and do these things. And so I think they did kind of have almost like a God-like complex, like nothing bad can happen type thing. I don't know. But the reason that it was recommended for them, and actually in the brochure that he wrote, he recommended you should leave by May 1st. That's the cutoff. That's the deadline. And the reason for that was because these people were um, depending on animals to get them from point A to point B, which is very far away. Mm -hmm. Those animals need to eat grass. Right. And drink water. Right. So you need to make sure that you have enough grass and water it can't be frozen exactly and the grass can't be you know mush Mm -hmm. so you got to wait for the spring rains to be done right so that so they can handle the oxen and such exactly that's exactly right and then of course the uh weather that's going to come in the winter right knew when that was going to come especially with the sierra nevada mountain range Mm -hmm. now that mountain Mm -hmm. range ron and i went through that Mm. because that's where we went through to get to bishop Mm -hmm. california Mm -hmm. for a gig that i had before the pandemic okay and when we were driving through that mountain range i thought we were going to die yeah i thought we were in a car in a car in a paved road on a paved road Mm -hmm. but i was like surely this is it yeah (laughs) we should have not come and here we are and ron thought it was great he was having a good old time but i was like oh scary well speaking of you you know saying that you wanted to go but you didn't you thought oh my gosh we're gonna die but you didn't really think that right well, speaking of that, I'm mm-hmm. thinking of this Tamsin Donner, yeah. who's the wife of the, the patriarch of this mm-hmm. this group. And now, not in this documentary, but somewhere else along the line, we learned that she said, 
don't want to go. Let's not do this. Yeah. And so... She had more sense. Yeah. Well, they had achieved success in Illinois. And the Reed family achieved a lot of success. They had actually migrated five times before this last uh, endeavor from Springfield, Illinois. And, uh, but they, they wanted, so the financial thing, panic in, mm-hmm. the, in the East, that was one thing, but also this land fever swept over Illinois right. about the prosperous West. Okay. They had major FOMO. Yes. Major. Yes. They major did. FOMO. Yeah. Because that's, that's it. That's, that's, the ultimate that's what they reason. had. Right. Cause we were trying to figure this out. Like, the, okay. And the Donners, I guess they were farmers or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and so they George, had, yeah. they had, it was um, brothers named George Jacob. and Jacob. And uh, Jacob was the older brother, mm-hmm. and so them and their wives, whatever, they made money farming. So they didn't have to leave. It wasn't like they had to go and try to figure out a new way of life. Right. We learned that they had enough success to to, to sustain right. them for the rest of their lives. Yeah, without with, with living like a comfortable life or whatever. Yeah. But they wanted more. They wanted better. Mm-hmm. And they did want the, or the other guy, Reed, he wanted the, his wife had headaches or something yeah. and wanted the less, I don't know what they happens. They felt the climate would be better for her headaches. Yeah, I don't know what happens over there <laughs> with the <laughs> headaches. However, okay, FOMO is a powerful thing. Fear mm-hmm. of missing out mm-hmm. is a very powerful thing. And when you have the government, because the government had a, a vested interest in settling California with yes. a lot of Americans. Yes. Because they wanted True. to say, look, Mexico, our people are already there. And we're claiming this land and whatever. Mm-hmm. So when you have a government that comes out and says, hey, everybody, get on the <laughs> wagon and get on over to the promised land and you're going to get this, this, this and this. And they promise you all these things. That's some motivation right there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, well anything else you want to say about their beginnings when they started um, out? Other than, let's see, we talked about that they were already successful. They've mm-hmm. got FOMO. Uh, no, I think we've covered those, those main things. Yep. And we covered, um, Hastings and how he's a young lawyer, but he has real big time political aspirations. And that's what motivated him to put out this guide Mm -hmm. and to get people to go there Mm -hmm. because he, he, I, at first, when I first heard about him, I thought he was just trying to like, you know, like make money on the guide. Oh, but that wasn't it. Right. It was, he wanted the money. He wanted the, the power the yeah. political power. Yeah, he needed the peeps to be there so right. he could have power. Right. Yeah. Okay, so they get going. Finally, they're late. It's like May 12th or something that they leave mm-hmm. uh, from Independence, Missouri. But now they're finally on their way. What happens next? Yeah. Well, I'll mention, too, that they had 32 men, women, and children, including two hired guys and seven drivers. Wow. And in the in the actual Donner party. It sounds horrible. So, yeah. Just that. I know. Nine families and these single men. And and the covered wagon, speaking of that, Mm -hmm. the Reed family had a special covered wagon that was like a double decker and it had a stove in it and it had bunks, you know. It did, yeah. And and they just, I I really think that arrogance was a, a, a theme that pulled through this whole, this whole story. I think so too. Yeah, at least from the from what we've learned. Right. Even having a double decker wagon with a stove. Come on now. 
especially, I mean, this man was a smart man. Um, for the, He was. Yeah. Now he made a dumb move because they could have abandoned that wagon when they started to realize, wow, this is a lot, you know, to more pull. treacherous right. than we thought. And they had to double up on like team up with other oxen right even to pull pull it it. up the slightest incline so at that point he could have given that up but i think he was too proud right that's what yeah that's what i'm saying yeah okay so what happened to them after they left independence well at first uh it seemed to go pretty well and then this letter was written or the, the in the diary entry of tamsin donner and she says something along the lines of Oh, it's not been so bad if we shall uh, endure hardships. She was making that, light of the difficulty. She was like, yeah. this isn't so bad. Right. Everybody says it's rough, but it's not so bad. Mm-hmm. You know, the one thing that this poor group experienced right off the bat was heavy spring rains. Yeah. It rained hard. Yes. And that is, imagine trying to schlep all that stuff on wagons mm-hmm. through mud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> getting stuck having to push out well they did have that they also had to cut through a lot of trees and and things i don't know at what point i don't think they're doing it quite yet right but they're definitely stuck in some ruts and they even come to a river that is um overflowing so then Mm -hmm. that delays them for a day or two i think it was yeah it was a while because um at that point where the river was so full they had to wait for the waters to recede and that was because of those heavy spring rains yes and they uh, um at one of the crossings of i think it was called the big blue Mm yeah it was they had to ferry the wagons over the river and they had to make them they had to make the ferries. Yeah, they and didn't that's go, where, have one ticket for the ferry, please. Yes, and that's where the first casualty is. Yeah. The mother-in-law of James Reed, so it's his wife, Margaret, I believe was mm-hmm. her name, mother, Sarah Keys, she dies there. She had consumption, which uh, is tuberculosis. And is that, that had, okay, when you have that, do you just cough endlessly? I do know that you do cough with Is it TB. with the lungs? Yes. And I know that they used to, oh, what do they call it when they um, have you bleed? Oh, it's called something. Bloodletting. Yes. Bloodletting. I know that they would do that, but I'm not sure they did that on this trip. And they knew that she was sick before they even left, but she just could not bear the thought of being separated from her only daughter. Right. And so she just said, I'm going to take my chances and go. I'm going to die anyway. Yeah. Somewhere. Mm -hmm. So then she dies. So that is the first death. Mm-hmm. of the Donner party. But mm-hmm. they did not eat her. No, they, they didn't buried even think her. about it. No, because at that point, they, they didn't have as many problems as they're about to have. Yeah, they actually don't do that till much later. Yeah. Uh, now, after the, the at the river, then they get to Fort Laramie. And I'm not exactly sure where that is on the map, but mm-hmm. that is a place. It is before the, the cutoff. Mm-hmm. And they run into... Uh, James Reed's friend, Illinois friend, uh, James Kleiman. And he's 54 years old now. Mm-hmm. And he had also fought with him in the army. He, he had just come from the West mm-hmm. and ha- was heading back East. And he had been with Hastings. And he said, don't go. Yeah. Under no circumstances, do not go. It's, it's rough. And especially don't go with wagons. 
you're, you're not going to make it. Take the long route. Take the known route. Well, Reed and his ego um, decides wagons hope. We're going to yeah. go anyway. Okay, so look at that. Already, they're not even in real trouble yet. Like mm-hmm. if they would have heeded that warning mm-hmm. and that advice... They would have saved themselves. Yes, they still had time to turn around and or all, go actually go the the long route. That's what I mean. Mm-hmm. And then all the way back at Independence, they had the warning of get going by May first. Oh no, we don't have to. Mm-hmm. We'll be fine because we're going to take this little shortcut and it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. So those are two major warnings that they had. They did not listen. Mm-hmm. They just kept on plowing forward because they had total belief in their plan. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, now they, they come to the Continental Divide, and there is a letter somewhere in the field from Hastings. And he says, hey. Yeah, it was like attached to a bush or something. The, the, a couple times it was. <laughs> yeah, a post or a bush or something. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, you know, I'll meet you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think he's he, good old Hastings is having some se- second thoughts. Right. And he says, I- I'll take you. Wait, wait for me. Um, so they leave Fort Bridger. And now they're beginning the cutoff because they they do plan on meeting him. Mm -hmm. And then they find another note from Hastings advising them not to go that way. He says that uh, I'll lead the way. Just wait, wait till I get there. Um, Well, it took Reed five days to find him. And Hastings then he refuses now. He's uh, recanting on his offer. Okay, ding, ding, ding. Mm-hmm. It takes them five days just to find him, mm-hmm. okay? That's five precious days yes. that they are losing an opportunity to get through those Sierra Nevada mountains. Yes. Ugh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, now they turn off into the Wasatch, um, and I'm not sure if I'm saying that I think properly. it's Wasatch. 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 Was- mm-hmm. Yeah. And the Great Basin, where the cannons and it's really bad terrain and things are starting to get dicey. They're starting to get pretty dicey, yeah. Um, after a month instead of a week, it's supposed to only be a week, it took them a month to reach the Salt Lake. So they're now they're at the Salt Lake. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Salt Lake, it's really hot in the day and it's super cold at night. So that moisture makes that area really mushy yeah and really so it's weird. not an actual lake it was a lake and now it's a desert yes right? yes so it's not like a lake where they're they're walking across a lake or swimming or trying to ferry across a lake it's a desert that was a lake but it turns to mush and goo and gummy like with the gumbo. weather yeah so then it's even harder to get through with those wagon wheels and such. Mm-hmm. And Hastings told them that it was half as half the size. big as it was. Yeah, it was 80 miles long. Hi. Mm-hmm. Um, now another guy dies. Some Luke Halloran or something. He dies of consumption as right. well. Okay, so uh, now they find another. Wait, no- they're still not eating people yet. No, 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 no. So they still don't think they need to. No, it's not even... Not even close. No. Okay, so they just bury not him. Not really. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now they they find another note, and this one's really tattered. And one of the mothers puts pieces this note together, and it's very um, brief, but it's like two days, long trip, <laughs> drink water, <laughs> and get there. Yeah. And it's from Hastings. Okay. And uh, so another warning. Like, this. this is bad. Um, now they cross that salt desert 
and they are sinking. On the third day, their water runs out. Their oxen bolt. They're gone. Right, because they're not like, all of these them, people do not have it together. Well, yeah. They went for the, water. They had to go f- seek it out. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They lost um, 36 oxen at this point. Reed's palace, his palace wagon, um, they had to just abandon it. The two-story wagon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is at the point where Stanton, this guy Stanton and McCutcheon, he's like this, or McCutcheon, he is like this big farmer guy. And I think Stanton is this young guy from New York. Mm -hmm. They say, okay, we're going to leave. We're going to get to California and we're going to bring back relief. So they've got some kind of hope. They've Mm -hmm. got a plan. Well, also, it ends up that Hastings cutoff, the so-called cutoff, was actually 125 miles longer uh, and more treacherous than the original plan yeah. that was known. Um, Haste makes waste. That's <laughs> just saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's what really blows me away. At this same time where these two are heading off to California to mm-hmm. get relief, Hastings... And he's the head of this battered train of 80 wagons in early September. And they arrive safely to this fort. I think it's Sutton or forgot the name of the fort. But it's fort California. Fort Sutton is where they're trying to get to. Which is safety. Which is right. their Was it pretty Bri- much Bridger? Was it Fort Bridger? Well, here's what I do know. That they are now, Hastings is now in safety in california Mm -hmm. all of those other people who decided hey we better not take this this route this unknown route and they took the advice of going the long way they're fine they've all made it that's you know it's just such an unfortunate thing that happened to them Mm -hmm. i guess it didn't happen to them they chose it chose it Mm -hmm. because here was the known route and they chose the unknown route. Yeah. Yeah. They chose it. I mean, there's something to be said about that. They chose it even despite the fact that they had been told, even before this mountain man friend of Reed's said, don't do not do that. Yeah. And he was experienced. I mean, this guy, he fought off Indians. He did all kinds of, yeah. you know, heroic things. He was a real mountain man. But also they had advice from others, too, that had said, uh, don't take this route. It doesn't seem wise. And they had a bunch of kids with them. They even had um, infants. Yeah. I just can't imagine that they made such a bad decision. And there was a lot more older people than I would have thought as well. Yeah. Mm. All right. So once they get, you know, kind of now they're committed Mm -hmm. and they they cross over the Salt Lake, Mm -hmm. which is not a lake, but a desert. But they cross over that, and they've kind of, you know, gathered themselves up. Now what's happening to them? Now it's fall. Now things really start to fall apart. The family wagon of the Graves and the Reeds, their wagons got entangled. Graves? Their name is Graves? Their name is Graves, yes. (laughs) That's foreshadowing. Okay, so their wagons get entangled, Graves and Reeds. Yes, and this man with the last name Snyder, he is the, I I believe he's the Graves driver. Okay. Well, he starts whipping the oxen, and he's angry, and Reed tries to stop him, and Snyder goes to hit him over the head. Graves, or rather, um, Reed grabs his knife or hammer, whatever it is, and... 
he stabs he the Snyder him. and he kills him. Yeah. So now, now we have this death, and now the 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 company, the the Donner the Party, mm-hmm. they have to decide wh- what do we do. What do we do? Right. So they try to be do the civilized thing, have like a little court session in a way, and they ultimately decide Reed's got to go. He's yeah. killed this man. Well, he he did not want to leave his family, but he really had no choice. So off he goes. Now, they think they're never going to see him again, especially when they get to what they get to, when it gets really bad. Well, back up one step, Mm -hmm. because they forced him to go because the alternative was, we're going to hang you. Yeah, they, right. That's right. They wanted, one of the guys wanted to hang him, have him hanged. And the people talked him, this guy, out of it. Yeah. And so, yes, that was the alternative. So, so he's off on his own. He has to say goodbye to his wife and kids. And there's, there goes James Reed. He's mm-hmm. just leaving on a horse. Or did he walk? He probably they walked. They didn't really say, but I don't, there's no way. I bet he walked. He couldn't have. There's no way. Oh, maybe he had a I horse. Don't, well, yeah. they didn't talk about horses that much in no. this story. They talked a lot about oxen. But in the end, they do. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, all right. Well, one way or another, he's away from the party, and mm-hmm. he's heading toward where they're all oh, going. Yeah. You know what? It was Kiesberg who wanted him hanged. The German guy. Yeah. Yeah. Louis You'll hear Kiesberg. about him. You'll hear <laughs> yeah. more about him he's later. He's a character. Yeah. <laughs> also later, Kiesberg also gets rid of an old man who was in his company, in his wagon, I guess he's, I don't know why, but he's had enough of this guy and no one else would take him. So now they leave behind another guy. So there's another death. To die. Okay. So, so I guess it would be safe to say tensions are high. Absolutely. Everybody's tense. Right. And now, uh, uh, Indians, I forget the name of the tribe. It starts with a P. They kill a lot of their cattle from up above mm-hmm. they hear these guys these indians laughing after they've killed their cattle so now they're they've lost uh more than 100 cattle now wow. by this time um it, now it's mid-october and they finally get to Truckee lake uh their food is almost gone uh but sutton has uh returned now so re- that sutton guy right and the other guy I don't know what happened to the other guy, but Sutton returns with food, oxen, and two Indians uh, to help guide them. So now they've got hope again, and um, and now they're going to take off again. But the Donner families, there's two families of the Donners, and that's Jacob's family and um, George. George. Well, now their wagon axle has broke. Go figure. Yes. So what do they have to do? Well, they don't have a spare wheel <laughs> like we do. And they have to carve out a whole nother wheel in the process. George gashes Jeez. his hand. They're delayed. The rest of the, the party say they've got to move on. And they're hoping the Donners will catch up. But the Donners are pretty far behind now um, because they... You and you could build a whole wheel. By the time they get to Truckee Lake, mm-hmm. how far are they at that point from their final destination? They at Truckee Lake, they are twenty five hundred miles. Well, actually, they've gone twenty five hundred miles in seven months, wow. which leaves them only a hundred and fifty miles from their safety destination in oh, california that hurts only my heart. 150 yes 
all that to lose the race with the weather, right? Right. Before they get there. By one day, by the way. Yeah. By one day. Because this is what happens when they get to Truckee Lake. They're, they're kind of resting their animals and kind of resting themselves so that they can make that final push yeah. over the Sierra Nevada mountains. And then they'll be there at yeah. Fort some, whatever it was called. Yeah. Um, Sutton. I guess it was yeah, the name of it. There, there is a Bridger, but I don't remember where that is. Bridger was at the point where the two paths cross uh, cross off. Okay. You know, where After Laramie. There's so many forts. I know. <laughs> well, these forts were along the way for yeah. people to, like, buy supplies and yeah. to rest and such. And Bridger, remember that the guy, the, the guy who was in charge at Bridger, his name was Bridger. He yeah. was the one who wanted people to come his way. Yes, because that's right. it, the more people that come his way using the Hastings cutoff, the more prosperous he'll be. But anyway, so they're at Chucky Lake. Yeah, and they just all they have to do is get over the Sierra Nevada mountains, and they'll be there. Yeah, and what happens, Catherine? Yeah, well, that's the point in which uh, the Donner's wagon axle. That's when it broke. Right, but what and happens? It. <laughs> I'm making emotion. I know you are. It's snowing. It starts to snow. It starts to snow. It's the earliest snowfall they've ever recorded. And they're they're waiting for the Donners to come. And no show. The Donners are still far behind. The wagons are slipping. It's snowing and snowing. It doesn't stop. The women were tired and exhausted from carrying their children. Yeah. Because mind you, I don't know if we, I don't think we said this, but they walked on foot a lot yeah. so that they could spare, spare the oxen. Right. So a lot of walking, a lot of carrying. Right. And this so. snow wasn't just everyday normal snow. It mm-hmm. was like five feet of snow all in one dump. Oh yeah. And it was, it, it had a name. I, I don't recall now what the name of it was, but it was a weather phenomenon that doesn't happen all the time. Mm-hmm. But when it does happen, it's some kind of combination of cold air and warm air and blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And whatever happens, you get feet and feet and feet and feet of snow. So they had 20 foot drifts. Ugh. They could not find the road. The Indians couldn't find the road. They had to stop again. Now they have to make makeshift camps. A winter camp. Mm-hmm. Because they have to basically hunker down and wait for spring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's October. And they've been yeah. traveling since May. Right. And a bunch of people have already died. Right. Oh, this is not good. I know. Meanwhile, Reed stumbles in to, to California at... Uh, uh, Sutter Fort or yeah. Sutton Fort. Yeah. And he's pressing for supplies and rescue uh, to go rescue his family mm-hmm. and others. He goes, but he can't make it through. He has to turn back. He wants help again. He begs for it. They This time, they say, we can't give you any more supplies or men or anything. We've got to fight this war for California, fight the Mexicans. And so now... Reed has to wait even longer. Plus, he has to raise money uh, to even get these supplies right. and oxen. Imagine what's going on in his mind. The oh, desperation. Because yes. he know he's now he's been through right. what they have to go through. And now he knows it's snowing. And he's him. probably not leading with, they exiled me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I murdered somebody. Yeah. Who, well, no, no, he's not leading with that. Not. He's leading with, I'm here because I volunteered to uh, go for help. 
I'm the hero of the story. He's not going to make himself out to be a villain. Probably not. No way. Yeah. Um, so now they have most of their cattle, cattle are killed. They have 81 that are left, 25 men, 15 women, 41 children, including six nursing infants Ugh. in two makeshift winter camps. And just so we could get to know some of these these people, they've got the Breens and their seven children. Um, they take an abandoned shack that they happen to find, which is not far from Truckee Lake. And then uh, Lewis Keysburg built a rough lean-to on, on that uh, for his family against the side of that He's shack. the German immigrant who kicked out the 60-year-old guy out of his wagon. Yeah. Yeah. Not a nice guy. Right. Hmm. Uh, nearby, the Eddies crowded into a hastily constructed cabin. Um, and they're in with the Murphys, the Fosters, and the Pikes. I don't oh, wow. know how many of them are, that is, but that's a lot. It's a lot a of people. a tiny little shack. And it's snowing feet and feet and feet yes. and feet. And then a second shack housed the family of Franklin Graves on one end and Margaret Reed and her four children at the other. And then six miles away are the two Donner families in only tents. Wow. Yeah, where the storm caught them. Oh, another note. Mm-hmm. Um, they did not pack enough food. No. They they miscalculated mm-hmm. uh, the amount of time that it was going to take them. Maybe partially Hastings' fault because he lied about how, you know, big the Absolutely. area was. Yeah. So partially his fault. But also, I mean, wouldn't you build in some cushion? I mean, look at what we brought on our trip. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we we didn't go through half of Nobody it. wants to see Catherine hangry. No. No. <laughs> but, and then when they did an assessment, they decided to, let's take a look at our rations and our supplies. They realized we're going to be about a month short of food. Yeah. Well, and they were counting on these forts that they were stopping at, and they mm-hmm. figured they'd be stopping at another fort. And yeah. that just never happened. So now they're stuck with the snow and they have to, they know that their their fate is sealed. They are not going to get through that mountain pass. And they know they can't turn back. No. Either. They knew that uh, back at Truckee Lake. Right. Well, actually, that's where they are. Right. No, they knew that a long time ago because they said, you know, once you get past a certain point, there's no turning back because mm-hmm. you won't make it. Right. Now, this is where we learn about the horses and the mules. They're gone. A lot of them are gone, too. Like, they bolted, mm-hmm. did what they had to do to survive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably like, we're done with these dumb humans. <laughs> <laughs> now it's after Thanksgiving. And now is when things are really so tough that they've got to boil their hides, which are like their blankets. Mm-hmm. And uh, shoelaces, their um, charred bones, twigs, bark leaves. That's what they're eating now. They're boiling it and just eating it and trying to get any kind of nutrients and calories out of it. Right. Now another man dies. It's Reed's hired man. They say in this documentary that he died from malnutrition. I don't know how they would know that between that and hypothermia. I I don't know. but Well, and I think that both hypothermia as well as malnutrition, they, I mean, six of one, half a dozen, dozen of the other, you mm-hmm. know, what, which one is it? Well, if the one doesn't get you, the other one will. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Well, now it's mid-December. I can't even imagine. I mean, they have no food. Right? How are they even alive at this point? 
So it's mid-December and they decide to uh, have this group that they named the Forlorn Hope. Mm -hmm. And that's a group of them that felt they were capable and strong enough to break out from this and trek over these mountains to get to California to get help. They made themselves some snowshoes. They did. So that they could clump along on top of the snow and not sink 20 feet down into the snow. Yeah. And yeah. of, I think it was 14 of them. Mm -hmm. uh, it was like five women, nine men. Yeah. And a 12-year-old boy. Uh, so this man named William Eddy, he leads the way. And they take six days rations with them, which they run out. And then it's like the ninth day and they are lost now. They're starving and they've been three days without food. And one of the women, Mary Graves, she writes in her diary uh, exactly what's happening. And she says that they cast lots in, in like basically like drawing straws as to should someone be sacrificed so that they okay. can survive. Now okay. they're talking. Okay. Yeah. This is where it starts to get weird. Mm -hmm. The cannibalism yeah. part. They are so low. Mm -hmm. And our second takeaway that we talked about at the beginning of this episode was why are people so fascinated with this story? Mm -hmm. Bingo. That's why. It's it is it's the, the cannibalism. It is. It is. Yeah. And, and this story has, has all of it. It has like the ultimate human suffering. It does. It has, it kind of has not really heroes, but the worst of the worst of people. And because nobody wants to, you know, when they, got through this hardly anyone wanted to admit what they had done the yeah. ones that did survive except for so, the german guy right he was all like yeah yeah it's pretty right. tasty he, <laughs> yum yum <laughs> sleep with one eye open <laughs> i just had a comment i'm good i won't say it. that's probably good yeah uh you know it's but the distasteful okay. <laughs> oh haha -ha. That is distasteful. Okay, let's talk about cannibalism for just a second. Because okay. when we were oh, yeah. when we were driving to South Dakota, yeah. and Catherine and I were first talking about this, okay, because we knew we were going to do this podcast, and and she said something about you know cannibalism and and it's just so awful and and whatever. And I'm going, okay, wait, wait. There's a difference between Dahmer cannibalism <laughs> and Donner cannibalism Absolutely. right right because right now on netflix that jeffrey dahmer yeah, um, thing is all over the place mm -hmm. okay jeffrey dahmer mm -hmm. wanted to eat people for fun you know like that yeah, he like was, was he, his mind was totally messed up yeah and he had a mental problem okay mm -hmm. and he would murder people in order to eat them right the donner party were starving for the most part now there is a murder they do murder two people um, yeah. And it's these forlorn people that do it. It's mm -hmm. the forlorn people that do it. Mm -hmm. So this forlorn hope group that goes out, mm -hmm. they they meet their demise too, and they're all going to die. Well, now they're deciding, should we draw straws? And the, the person that gets the smallest straw, that's the one we're going to kill, and we're all going to eat him or her and or him. I think it was just the guys that they did. And, and then we're going to survive, but one's got to sacrifice himself for the others. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, then they drew the straws and the guy whose idea it was, he drew the small straw mm -hmm. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Like, oh, unfortunate. Well, and in the end, they couldn't do it. Right. Because they couldn't bring themselves to no. kill the guy. Right. Well, half of their group was half dead anyway. 
no, not half not of them, but uh, but several of them. The boy dies like a day later, or, you know, like Christmas Day or whatever, and uh, a couple others die. Yeah, the the first one to die is this um, Antonio. He dies. Then Franklin Graves dies. Patrick Dolan went insane and had to be held down. And eventually he was in a coma and he died. Well, the 12-year-old boy, I don't know that he died, did he? Yeah, he did. Okay. He Um, was almost dead. I know that. Well, then the suggestion was made. There were two Indians with them Mm -hmm. who were guiding them through, helping them try to find their way out of the mountains. Mm -hmm. And the suggestion was made, well, maybe those two could be our... you know. Also, it's good to point out, too, that when, so the first person that gets eaten, and it doesn't say who did it, but that someone cut and roasted Patrick Dolan's arms and legs, mm-hmm. and then the Indians refused. They were the only ones that refused to eat right. another Right, because that was being. totally against their way of life. Which it was against ours, too. Well, why? Well, then why did they? I, I, I don't refuse. Well, maybe they thought it was like a spiritual thing. Like, let's not go there. But then what happened to them is they take off. They leave the forlorn hope because they're like, we're not going to make it here. They're going to eat us. Right. Because one of the guys told them, hey, I tried to talk. uh, What's his name out of it? But uh, he's not listening. Yeah, yeah, but the problem is oh, really, yeah. those two, the the two Indians leave, but they're dying anyway because they're starving to death. So then they, they're laid out like they can, the can't snow. move. Mm-hmm. They're frozen and dying and starving. And so this guy, um, was it uh, Foster? Reed? Oh, it's Foster? William Foster. He's the one that proposed to murder them. And he did. And Eddie defends them yeah, yeah so the so the foster guy he kills them and then everybody eats them the two indians so that was the first time that they actually took two lives they killed these men mm-hmm. in order to eat them and honestly if they had just waited for them to die die mm-hmm. then they could have but they they're, they're, avoided that. they're insane by then and this foster guy was True. absolutely insane when True. he did it they yeah. all say that or somebody said that that he was just he was out of his mind Okay, I guess it would be hard to imagine what your response would be. Like if yeah. you, if I was there, yeah. if I was frozen and starving and losing my mind and dehydrated and all the stuff, mm-hmm. what would I do? I don't know. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, back at the cabin, meanwhile, Jacob Donner and three others are dead now. And um, they've got more snow and it storms and it keeps snowing. And then William Eddy, now he was the one in the Forlorn Hope that was heading it up. He finds this cabin and he knocks on the cabin and this woman named Harriet lives there and he looks barely alive Mm. and she begins to cry. He tells her all that they had done and what they had been through. And he, well, first thing he asks is for some bread Mm -hmm. and she puts him to bed and he regains some strength and then so he does make it to to california now so she must have arranged for some kind of help or something now uh it took two weeks what in here i've got in february it took two weeks oh before anyone would consent to go rescue uh, these people and i can't remember the details like why it took that long i think they had to get well they knew it was snowing Right. They had just finished up the war. They did get California. Uh, so now they've got some supplies again. Well, it would take time to get yourself organized to even 
first of all, get people who were brave enough to go risk their own lives mm-hmm. for the for this group. Yeah. Well, they wouldn't even consent to it. Like, they wouldn't even agree to do it. Right. Until, yeah. Well, now, so back at this, at the lake again. Eddie's child, he died. Uh, Mrs. Reed is down to only one hide left, which was on the grave's shanty. Mm-hmm. And so it seems like they're insinuating that she didn't want to boil that and eat it because it was covering mm-hmm. the the graves shanty their shelter yeah right another guy dies spitzer then mrs eddie dies um a guy named milt elliot dies um and now these seven freezing rescue people finally arrive on like february 7th it's so much later that's how long these people mm. were without food they're exhausted and they are barely making it. And um, so they struggle over the summit and they see nothing, nobody to rescue. And they were told that that's where these people were. So they call out and yeah. a woman pops out from a hole in the snow. And then uh, shortly after that, a few other women um, pop out from the snow. There were, they say there were bodies everywhere and that it was they had never seen such gaunt and sickly looking people um and people clinging to life in the way that they did um some had gone mad and some were too far gone to even be revived you know um even though there was death all around them Mm -hmm. for those who lived and, and roughly half of the Donner party died and half of the whole party lived, roughly. And for those half that lived, for them to just have that sheer will to live. I know. And to fight on. Yeah. And we talked about this too um, during our drive to South Dakota about mothers Mm -hmm. who had to stay alive for their children Mm -hmm. or their children would die. Right. And those mothers would make out like a snow hole Mm -hmm. and put their baby down into the hole and cover the baby with their own body and the dogs and, you know, whatever they had before they had to eat the dogs. And so far, none of them had eaten anybody back at the lake. That was just so far just the forlorn people. And yes, they, when I took this class, one of the things that we had to do was try to figure out why did so many women survive as opposed to the men? And it wasn't, it was determined it wasn't because they had more body fat. It was sheer will. Will to live. Because about two thirds of the men die and two thirds of the women and children live. Right. And, um, ugh. It's terrible. It is terrible. uh, Yeah. Well, Margaret, speaking of the women, Margaret Mm -hmm. Reed managed to keep all of her children alive. Peggy Breen kept all of her children alive. And Tamsin Donner did the same as well at this point. And so far, no one, as I said, had been forced to eat human flesh yet. (laughs) (laughs) But rescuers could only take 24 of the immigrants out with them. And the Breens agreed to wait for the next uh, relief party. And so did the Donners. And George couldn't even move anyway. George Donner. Yeah. And his wife would not leave him. Well, he was dying. He, yeah. And what were there, four rescue parties? There were four altogether. Reed 
um, he is in the second party and he is um, he meets up with the first rescue his party wife, yeah. and his wife and two of his kids yeah. are, are there. But his eight year old daughter and uh, the younger boy, they're back at the lake. Wow. And yeah, the little eight year old girl had said, I'll stay here. Because they knew that he couldn't make it through this. The little boy couldn't make it through the snow. He's too little. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now we're in February. We're in February. And this journey started in May. Keep that in mind. Mm -hmm. These people have been at it for a while now. Yeah. So 31 people are left behind still now. And they barely have any food. Um, there was barely any to spare mm-hmm. for them. So, And now this Mrs. Murphy says she will. she's putting in a diary or something, or somebody else is writing about it, that she's starting to talk about commencing on this guy Milt who had died. So mm-hmm. this is the first talk of contemplating eating someone. But um, it's Patrick Breen that's writing this, and he says, I, I don't think she has, though. But this is when it starts to... They start to talk about it because two more months go by, mm-hmm. two full months <laughs> before the rescuers make their way. Wow. And by now, more people are, are dead, obviously. And it's hard to imagine, like, how could anybody survive that long without eating? Well, you can go quite a long time without food. You can't go that long without water. Yeah. So. But... I mean, I don't know. Jesus lived for 40 days in the desert without food. I know. Right. Yeah. It's just, but they're freezing too. I think the hypothermia is probably more so combined with the starvation Mm -hmm. and the, just the sheer like giving up, you know, and just kind of resolving to the fact that I'm donezo. Yeah. Yeah. So at this point, by the way, too, when James Reed meets up with his, family they had been separated for five months and his wife faints when she hears her husband because she thought he was long gone yeah so i can't imagine the reunion that they had yeah and remember reed was the one who was disowned from the group because he killed the the helping hand or whatever and had that not happened Mm -hmm. had he not been disowned like let's say they hanged him Mm -hmm. like the german guy wanted to do then there would have been nobody to go get the help. Exactly. Because it was actually exactly. Reed, even though he made a lot of dumb decisions, and yes. he's the one who put this whole group in peril. Right. In my opinion. Hastings and Reed mm-hmm. are the two. Ding dong. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but in the end, because he was exiled and he had to leave, mm-hmm. and he walked out or rode out or whatever, he got help. Also that Eddie guy, too. And the p- people waiting back at Sutton Fort or mm-hmm. whatever that was called, they too were expecting them. So they knew that they either had to go find them as well. Mm-hmm. But it was James Reed for sure, though, that really pressed. Right, and, because and, he had a um, vested interest. That's right. Called a wife and kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So now back at the camp, they're in complete shambles by now and the survivors had begun to start to eat the dead well the the victims of the famine and so they were not killing people they were not to in order to eat them they Mm -hmm. were not saying you know you look like you're not gonna make it Mm -hmm. (laughs) and Catherine and i talked about this too if if we were both dying you know Mm -hmm. somewhere and i died Mm -hmm. i would hope you would eat me (laughs) (laughs) well we both said that 
you can never say never that you would never ever do that because and I've said that for a long time like if you're starving and somebody's already dead I mean I don't know I don't think anybody can know how they would react Mm -hmm. until they are pushed to that extreme Mm -hmm. there's no way to know plus these people are delirious too so they're not thinking straight and uh, yeah you just you don't know but anyway so the rescue team gets there and they see the worst that they could even they couldn't even make this up and there's limbs and skulls and hair that's laying there's half-eaten bodies and uh it's it's just a real Horrific. Horrific mess. Yeah. But then what ended up happening afterward, like word got back to, um, you know, the pioneers that were in California, as well as those who aspired to go west, Mm -hmm. that this whole thing happened once it was all like news, Mm -hmm. you know, and I don't know how they they didn't have like the nightly news or the internet. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how news traveled, but the story changed, you know, and people sensationalized it you know, and made it sound like they did these horrible things. Well, they really didn't. They were really just trying to survive. Right. Yeah, there were some embellished stories, but I think that like with this documentary, they've narrowed it down to a mixture of what was actually written in letters and diaries and um, firsthand accounts from the rescue people. Right, which makes sense. Right. And they, so there was one description here that was, just went right through me and I know it it went through you too one of the things that they came upon and that they recorded was Mrs. Graves one of the mothers she almost all of her flesh was cut away from her arms and her limbs her breasts were cut off and her heart and liver taken out and her little child about 13 months old sat at her side with one arm upon her body um and the 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 baby is sobbing bitterly, crying, "Ma, ma, ma!" Like yeah, that. yeah, that's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And then when when word of this um, tragedy, hor- horrific tragedy, reached people who thought about themselves taking on the trail, you know, they're like, "Oh no, we're not going to California. We're fine right here in Illinois. We're not going <laughs> yeah, anywhere." Right, right. So the the settlers, yeah. the, the stream of settlers, because there were. 7,000 wagons that went that season. Mm -hmm. And all of them did just fine, except for these Donners, you know. Yeah. Uh, But the stream of settlers that were going west, it it took a sharp decline after word got out. After the word got out from what happened to them, yeah. Until... <laughs> the gold rush. The gold rush. Exactly. And then people are like, what Donners? We love, you know, forget it. We're going to go get some gold. Yeah. 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 And... On, you know, interesting that a lot of the people that did survive mm-hmm. this terrible tragedy, they did go on to prosper in California. They, they you know, succeeded with business and with the gold, gold situation and they had land, you know. Yeah. So this Keysburg guy. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about well, him. Well, by the time the fourth rescue team comes back for any remaining survivors, and it took them forever to... To get there, the only one left was Keysburg, and he was surrounded by bodies, half-eaten bodies, and mm-hmm. he was absolutely he was out of his mind. And this is Louis Keysburg, yes. and he's the German immigrant mm-hmm. who also kicked off the sixty-year-old guy out of his wagon, 
And he apparently likes to be a cannibal. Yes. And by the way, too, when the third rescue party came, Tamsin um, Donner was completely fine, her and her children. And uh, when they left her, because she wouldn't leave her husband, she was actually remarkably well. Well, when the fourth team came, it was nowhere to be found. Hmm. Kiesberg admits that he ate her. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he did, so, he did not admit killing her. He, he did, said that she died na- of natural causes. Yeah, he, right. But th- guess what? There was no forensic unit and mm. there was no DNA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Right. <clears throat> well, Kiesberg, as you mentioned, oh, yes, successes. Yes, yes, What did he do? He made his fortune in gold. And in 1851, he opened a restaurant. <laughs> of course he did. Uh-huh. He, he did. And it's a true story. By the way, it's April 21st when the last relief party comes and goes. It's April 25th by the time all of the remaining Donner party are taken out of the mountains. It's almost an, exactly a, year. a year. Wow. From when they first took off. Right. Well, let's, let's, okay, we got to come to some kind of what can we learn from this, yes. Catherine? Well, we got to, we, what we can learn is you got to listen to wisdom. Hello. And you got to, well, you have to be able to discern what is wise. So it's not just about just listening, but you have to have discernment. Like, hmm, this, um, you got to contemplate these matters. Yeah. And I, you know, Reed, when he was, when he met up with Hastings mm-hmm. and they were talking about, well, which way, what do you think? You know, which way should we go? Whatever. You would think that then Reed would go, no, you know, no, mm-hmm. we've already been through enough. Mm-hmm. Let's just go the trusted route. Mm-hmm. But he just couldn't let go of whatever his dream was of taking this shortcut. Yeah. They t- they, I think it was a big, strong case of pride. And wanting to believe their own, you know, yeah. their you, own, like, bologna sandwich. Do you mean when way. he met up with um, his friend Clymer? No, Clymer? but he met up with Hastings at one point. And, mm. when, so, and Hastings refused to go back to lead the party. Right. I feel like then the two of them should have said, we, we need to abandon this plan mm-hmm. completely. Mm-hmm. But Reed couldn't let go of it. Yeah, we talked earlier about what was the motivation and things like that and a lot of it is FOMO and a lot of it is um you know Reed was a man they they say of determination and he was probably used to getting what he wanted because he he did um I mean you don't get successful with just kind of taking a step back yeah but in this case I I really do feel like he just kept pushing forward and pushing forward like we said, ultimately, he did help to get the rescue team mm-hmm. teams in there to help save whatever was left. But if he had heeded the warning, mm-hmm. zzz, multiple warnings about this treacherous trek, he, he, none of these people would have perished. Right. They would have gone the long route and they would be, all be in California. And we would have never even heard it. This story wouldn't have happened. Yeah. But that's not what happens. So, what else do you think is uh, something to learn from this? I think contentment is also uh, plays a, a key role in the story. You know, to be content with okay things. Um, 
are really okay. Like the two farmers that left Illinois, the Donners, George and Jacob, they were actually doing pretty well. Mm-hmm. And to be content with that and not feel like you have to just continue to strive and and, and go. Mm. I mean, there's nothing wrong with wanting a better position in life, but right. there's something really good about just being content mm-hmm. and at peace. Um, the other thing is just um, common sense. You know, mm-hmm. uh, there's, there, this whole thing is a lot of bad decisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were a lot of signs along the way, too, in the beginning. Yeah. It was right. And not factoring in what could go wrong. Mm-hmm. They, Of course, they were not expecting the early rains and, you know, the downpours. And then the they were not expecting the uh, Salt Lake to be so mushy. And they were not expecting it to be so long. And then they were not expecting the snow. They were not expecting to be lied to. Mm-hmm. I, I think, really, uh, the moral of the story as well is... Expect the unexpected, especially yeah. on an endeavor like that. Right, when your lives are at stake mm-hmm. and Certainly, your kids. they knew people who had already made it over there. They knew people. They had relatives that but were in... But in the other way. Exactly. But even the long way was, was hard. hard enough yeah, is, is what I'm right. getting at. Yeah, I think that um, they just kind of had... Um, I don't know how how to want how I want to describe it, but they just had thoughts and ideas that they couldn't let go of. Yeah, and they refused to let go of them, and then that's what happened. Yeah. Sealed their fate. It did. All right. Well, we have a scripture. Believe it or not. <laughs> yep, we do. Uh, bear with me. I forgot to pull it up on my screen. So give me one second. From Proverbs, right? Yeah, Proverbs 4, verse 6. And it is a good one. Of course, it's from Proverbs because... Mm, it has a lot you know, about a book wisdom. Book of wisdom. Yeah. Okay. And the title of Proverbs 4 is Get Wisdom at Any Cost. Mm. Now, here's verse 6. Do not forsake wisdom, and she will protect you. Love her, and she will watch over you. Well, that says a lot it right there. It does. It yes. does. And these people, they had to have known scripture. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that, that w- it wouldn't be unfamiliar to them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, okay, just the bottom line is the scripture is, that is our guide for, for life. Yeah. The Bible. Much that better is our, than the Hastings guide. Yes, much better. Man. Okay. And what is our call to action, Catherine? <laughs> we have a good one. <laughs> Don't take no shortcuts. <laughs> Right. And that was a quote, or actually in a letter uh, from Virginia Virginia Reed. And she was writing that to a cousin. Yeah. Back at home. She, so Virginia Reed was a young girl when she was on this trip and she did survive, thank God. But her, her advice was never take no cutoffs mm. and hurry on as fast as yes. you can yes her did. two little things were don't don't go the short route mm-hmm. and when and get about about it you know get about it and get yeah. going and she almost died yeah well, but all of the reeds survived well this was a fascinating this was. story this is a long one how long is this episode an hour and 12 minutes <laughs> this is probably our longest one no no. Okay. We have one longer than that? We have one just about longer. Oh, wow. Yeah. A little bit. 
Well, thanks for tuning in, friends. And um, you've been listening to the Life Happens Laugh Anyway podcast. I'm still comedian Tracy DeGraff. I'm still Catherine. We'll what's, see you next what's time. our next uh, episode? I don't have it written down, I but I thought we were doing women's the women's suffrage. voting. Yeah, yeah. suffrage. Okay. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned. All right. <laughs> bye bye.